0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Ready to elevate your home? Picture this. Central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figures Home Equity Line of Credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure lending LLC DBA Figure. Equal Opportunity Lender. NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit Figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to ww.nlsconsumeraccess.org. My days working, taking care of my little ones, can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced, and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go to. Time now for the Six Rings Post Game Show. Breaking down everything Patriots now. Here's Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. And the two
0: going deep going for it, all oh, and incomplete intended for Johnson, so needed two yards and went for the home run. Jonathan Jones covering, that takes us to the two-minute warning with 1.55 officially on the clock. Well, I'll be completely honest with you, Patriots fans. I have absolutely no idea how to feel right now. We all went into tonight's game in Pittsburgh, full well expecting the Pittsburgh Steelers, though before tonight in the Mike Tomlin era, they were three and nine against Bill Belichick, the greatest NFL head coach of all time, or so Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet were wont to remind us time and time and time and time and time again tonight on the streaming Amazon broadcast the Pittsburgh Steelers were heavily favored at five and a half six points depending on your sports book. The over under on the game coming off of the New England Patriots scoring all of 30 points combined in their previous four games, just 13 in their previous three total. That's only 4.333 points per game. The Patriots were expected to lose. Hell, they weren't even expected to score tonight. And all of a sudden, but to what should my wondering eyes appear? but a Patriots team scoring touchdowns galore in the first half by the Rivers 3, 21 points. Bailey Zappi looking Brady-esque. As a matter of fact, it was the first time a quarterback for the New England Patriots had thrown three touchdowns and a half since, get this, five years ago in December of 2018, Tom Brady, that's right, the GOAT. And yet, still, those New England Patriots of 2023 reared their heads again. There was an interception late in the third. Early on in the fourth, a blocked punt. We'll get to holy smokes, what's up with these special teams? They are not so special in just a few moments. And Pittsburgh, there, had it in front of them. They went for it on fourth down early in the fourth quarter, and they failed. They get the ball back after the blocked punt. They score a touchdown. They get the two-point conversion. And then one of the more curious special teams penalties I've ever seen leads the Patriots not to turn the ball back over to Pittsburgh for the win, but rather to hold on to it longer, giving the ball back to Pittsburgh with a few minutes left. One final drive, as you just heard, fourth and two. And for some reason, Mitch, please, Mike Tomlin and company decide to go for a bomb to Deontay Johnson. Spoiler alert, the play bombed. And your New England Patriots hold on. For a win that I have a feeling most Patriots fans didn't actually want, or at least so I'm gathering right now from social media and the flurry of text messages I'm receiving from friends, fans, and more featuring shrug emojis, LOLs, and people just flat out not knowing where they are or what they just watched. I personally, as a lifelong Patriots fan, am trained to be joyous, excited, ecstatic, and over the moon when the Pats win. But full well knowing what I've witnessed, where they are, and where they need to go, and what they need to do to get there, i got to tell you, I'm just like you. I don't know how to feel after the Pats won 21-18 to tonight at AccraSure Field at Three Rivers. Holy smokes, folks. This should be one hell of a six-rings postgame show. Good evening on the late night to one and everyone within the sound of our voice. It's your old pal Nick Fitzie Stevens tonight alongside John sleeping with Lions coming to you from the WEEI studios in beautiful, safe Brighton, Massachusetts. Andy Hart was set to join us, but he was so stunned by the win that he hit, he needed a few minutes to lay down. Actually, he's a little under the weather now. We hope he gets better soon. Fitzy and Lions coming to you till the way late night, 2 a.m. tonight on the Six Rings Post Game Show. Give us a call if you'd like to anytime at 617-779-7937. That's your telephone number. Give us a text if you would like to at 37937 and try to play nicely when you're in the digital sandbox. Those messages will be monitored by producer Joe Braverman. We will, of course, take Bailey Zappi, quarterback, winning quarterback, with his three touchdowns tonight when he's live at the podium, as well as Bill Belichick, who finally gets victory 301 on the career just a couple of days before he is the, quote, guest Picker, an expert extraordinaire on the college game day set before the Army-Navy game coming to you from Gillette Stadium. Geez, John, I got to tell you, man, just when the Patriots have one job to do this season, which is, you know, everyone says embrace the tank, lose out, find a way to improve their draft pick next year. They couldn't figure out how to win basically for the first two thirds of the season. And when they had a possible shot at the number one draft pick overall, they go and screw that up, or at least so I'm told.
1: Yeah, and for all those that are worried that the Patriots are going to mess up their draft position, even with this win, due to their strength of schedule, they still have the second overall pick. So you don't have to fear too much, folks. We still have a top-two pick. And look, Fitzy, I thought it was a good win. I mean, you're anytime you go on the road on a Thursday mm-hmm. night, it's difficult to win. And when you're in the situation the Patriots are in at 2-10 to come out, put 21 points on the board in the first half, which, by the way— is more points than they've scored in their previous three games combined. But to Easily. Do, yeah, to do that in the first half I thought was, was impressive. And I think this is – what we saw in the first half I think is the offense that a lot of us envisioned when Bill O'Brien got hired, right? They were using yep. different formations, condensing things, spreading things out at times – you know, play action to open windows, running the ball reasonably. They weren't great running the ball, but they were reasonably effective. But tight ends and running backs heavily involved in the passing game, and they put 21 points on the board. And in the second half, I think we also saw the flip side of that coin where no matter how good your offensive coaching and play calling might be in the first half, when you only have limited options at your skill positions and some shaky offensive line play, you're only going to have so much of a ceiling there on offense. And I thought defensively, Absolutely tremendous game. I mean, again, on the road, Thursday night. One of the touchdowns they gave up was set up by a block punt uh, yep. on a short field. So, really tremendous defensive job. Special teams, not not so much, but tremendous defensive game. I thought the offense played really well in the first half. And I'm going to be honest with you, Fitzy, I'm happy that they won. I I, I am happy that I'm not one. Of, I'm not a tank person mm-hmm. anyway. But in this situation, the win still doesn't really hurt your draft position, so I'm okay with it. So
0: so right now, so the good news is right now for for let me see for John, I ran a quick poll just moments ago before we took to the postgame microphones. Um, I threw this up there. I had it end just in time for the postgame show Patriots up by three in Pittsburgh halfway through the fourth quarter. You Patriots fans want to see them either just win once baby or embrace the tank baby final results. 900 votes. Uh, 71.4% wanted to see the Patriots lose this game tonight. 28.6% wanted to see them actually win the game. That just to give you a quick idea, either of the twisted souls that follow me or were able to engage with the poll, uh, versus, you know, where, where, where people's heads are right now. And then the replies as much, as much as I would like a top draft pick, I want wins, uh, 26.8% real Patriots fans, pretty clear message, uh, Save the win for Jets week and week 18. You know, I think because of the way this season has gone, John, Patriots fans at large, myself included, feel weird about, you know, I wouldn't say openly rooting for a loss, but being okay with the loss or while you're watching the game, kind of secretly hoping or at least just sort of thinking that maybe, maybe just maybe the Steelers would find a way. Like I had I had come around on the idea that if the Patriots played well, and they did, they were absolutely dynamite. They played so well that if they kept that up all game and absolutely made it a Blitzburg affair, I would have been more than okay with the win. I would have been downright thrilled because, like you said, this is what we thought the offense would, could, and should look like under Bill O'Brien. They went into this game tonight, John, with three healthy, active wide receivers, Jalen Rager, Taequann Thornton. Those guys almost don't even count. So it was Juju Smith-Schuster... A couple of tight ends and Ezekiel Elliott at running back. I mean, you want to talk about undermanned pay Bailey Zappi now or erect the statue out in front of Gillette Stadium. They were awesome in the first half, but those 2023 Patriots came back in the second half, yep. and that's what makes you sort of feel like, I'm getting, I'm in, I'm out, I'm here, I'm there, I'm in a glass case of emotion. I don't know how to feel about all this. Yeah, and the other,
1: just the other side of the coin on this, Fitzy, though. Mitch Trubisky was the second overall pick in his draft out of North Carolina, by the way. So for everyone excited about Drake May, and I'm not trying to poo-poo Drake May, but, I mean, we saw Mitch Trubisky tonight. So, tank. look, this is a more philosophical discussion, but I I just think tanking in the NFL generally doesn't work, and it's generally a bad idea, unless you Mm -hmm. get to, like, week 17, week 18, and if you play young guys and you lose one maybe two games, you know, you'll get that top pick and you'll get a guy like Andrew Luck 10 years ago or Trevor Lawrence in 2021. That I can understand, but when you have five, six, seven, you know, people are talking about tanking with 10 weeks left to go. It's just not really feasible. I don't think it works. I think it's bad for a team long-term, even if you get that pick too because you get that loser DNA kind of infected in you, and then a lot of players don't want to play there if you just stink and tank. So uh, I'm an anti-tanking guy as it is. But I think, look, if they end up with the second overall pick, come April I'll be happy that they have the second overall pick. Whether they choose to take Drake May or they choose to take Marvin Harrison Jr., whoever it may be, I'd still be happy for them to have a top three pick. I'm just not a huge tanking guy, which is why, again, I was happy to see them win it in Fitzy. It's always good to get a win in Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, it's amazing how the Patriots, like, I guess we all overlooked – where the Patriots were going this week when we thought a, a loss was imminent. Hey, this is a team that's seven and five. I know they're coming off of a hiccup last weekend against Arizona, but that one could maybe have been chalked up more. Now that seems like a false hope or rationale. Uh, it could have been chalked up to the two weather delays, losing Kenny Pickett. But then again, Pittsburgh's offense has just been stuck in second gear at most, and those gears have been grinding all season long. And they stumbled again out of the gate tonight, and gave the New England Patriots of all teams, the mo- one of the more offensively anemic teams we have seen in recent NFL history, a chance to jump out to an early lead and hold on, and hold on to that lead. The Patriots, the Patriots led box to wire. John, this is the first, so they've won three. No, it's the second time all season they've led box to wire because they went up early against the Jets, three nothing. Then it was ten nothing, and they never looked back. Though that one was a nail biter at the end, but for the Hail Mary that almost could have been snagged by Randall Cobb. This one, they what they were up at one point, 21 to three. So you thought you were in for a boat race. And then slowly but surely they crawl back in. I am very happy, of course. I mean, if you want to get into the weeds of who you're happy for and who truly benefits from this, guys like Devon Godshow, who, you can, who was super emotional last week and was swearing and crying in the postgame, Jabril Peppers, who I've just grown to... Love and as quickly on a team as bad as the 2023 Patriots become one of my favorite Patriots in recent memory. Juju Smith Schuster now actually has a decent game and it's in his old his old stomping ground as well, so that's got to feel good for him. You could Bill O'Brien was just like sort of breathing a the kind of sigh of relief I could see as as he and Bailey Zappi made their way to to midfield after the game, where it was sort of like oh well we finally landed the plane how about that? Whereas Zappi was just. Over the moon, and good for him. And, you know, now Bill Belichick, now we get a fun Bill Belichick in the postgame. Now we get a fun Bill Belichick on the radio tomorrow. And we're going to get a very fun Bill Belichick on national TV Saturday morning, John. Uh, or maybe, yes, yeah, sat around Saturday well, morning. Well,
1: Fitzy, what defines fun, though? A fun Bill Belichick. Uh, not fighting with Mike Reese. like Or his Greg Hill, Taylor Swift quote uh, interviews. Yeah. Like th- Those are fun. And another guy, too, Fitzy, I throw in there, Jonathan Jones. He just plays well. Anthony Jennings, too. Like These are two guys that just every week play well, week in and week out. Jonathan Jones had great coverage on that fourth and two bomb Trubisky threw, which is just a weird call <laughs> and a weird throw in itself. But still, Jonathan Jones had great coverage on that play, so happy for him. I'm also kind of happy for Jelani Tavai because he committed the
0: offsides that wasn't. And Can we talk about that for a second? That was was crazy. that one of the like? That was, was that call. one of the worst calls you've ever seen? Like, yeah. If correct me if I'm wrong. So the play in question, this is in the fourth quarter when the Patriots should have ha- committed yet another special teams gaffe. Jelani Tavai should have been. It was a fourth and
1: three. Just, just for reference.
0: Correct. Yep. So set, setting the stage, it was fourth and three. Pittsburgh was about to punt and get it back to the Patriots before the. Subsequent drive that led that that uh, was finished off with the 4th and 2 bomb for some reason. God, that was such an unbelievably bad play call by Pittsburgh. Not just for anyone who wants the Pats to tank or wants the Pats to win, whatever. Uh, to, to, like The center raises his head. They say he makes a drastic and sudden movement, which is considered a false start, even though all he did was what he is legally allowed to do, which was set himself and check the line and see where he's snapping the ball before he goes. And, and sends it back to the punter. Tavai and the guys jump offside, and Pittsburgh got called for it, and the Patriots benefited massively because if Pittsburgh got the ball back there, John, down 21-18, they could, that would have made it a lot easier for them to score, and we could have been talking about a Patriots team trying to chase a field goal at the end to send us to overtime.
1: Yeah, and that was with just over five minutes to go in the game, so you're right. I mean, if they get the first down there, which is after... You know, the Patriots, what, there was a fourth down conversion the Steelers had. The Patriots respond, stop them, and then if you get that offsides call five minutes ago, you're right. I mean... Pittsburgh's not that far away from field goal range at that mm-hmm. point to at the very least tie the and game. And they didn't
0: hit a 54 or 56-yarder earlier? It
1: was a 56-yarder earlier in the game. They hit right. So they went. if they go down the field there and score a touchdown, you probably lose. And if they hit a field goal there, it, it, it's a coin flip. So I think Tavai really got away with one. I mean, finally, I guess one of those breaks goes the Patriots' way. and That was the first penalty called on Pittsburgh all night and I guess it was a good time for it uh, because I, I really thought, again, Tavai completely got away with that. And then the Patriots, I mean, they get the ball back there with 4.58 to go, and they go three and out. So I would yep. have liked to have seen the Patriots get a first down
0: there, but I think that's conservative. also... I they also very think that, conservative, John.
1: I, I agree, and I, but I think that's indicative, too, of they were having a lot of trouble moving the ball in the second half. Like we saw in the first half, there was that 37-yard pass to Juju Smith-Schuster on their first drive. Zeke Elliott had the 11-yard touchdown, and I thought... Their third touchdown, which was the twenty-four yarder to Hunter Henry, that might have been the single best throw a Patriots quarterback has made all season. The one up the oh left over the, in three years, yeah. I would say since <laughs> Mac
0: Jones, since Mac Jones dropped that dime in the bucket of Kendrick Bourne after he threw the pick six to Trayvon Diggs against Dallas in twenty in. Uh, 2021. That's the best throw a Patriots quarterback has made in over two years.
1: Yeah, I, I would put the uh, touchdown to Kendrick Bourne against Cleveland in 2021 for Mac. But as a nice pass yeah, that was a nice also pass too, too the one honorable mention. The one Mac threw to Jalen Rager against Washington that hit off both of Rager's hands would have been a 50 yard touchdown. But that, yeah, I mean, but this, see,
0: that's the mistake. You can't throw to a Pats receiver's hand deep. It yeah, just right. Work. You, so
1: you got to throw the tight end, and then it'll be caught. Yeah. But I thought that was the again the best pass of the season. Great throw, but it felt like after that, and Herb Street pointed this out on the broadcast, once Pittsburgh scored that first touchdown in which Deontay Johnson just smoked J.C. Jackson on the... I mean, great route by him. But after that, it felt like the game tilted, and the Mm -hmm. Patriots' defense was still playing pretty well, but the offense stagnated. Then they had the special teams' mistakes, the block punt, and things really started to tilt in Pittsburgh's favor. And I, I think part of that is... Pittsburgh, outside of the quarterback position because Trubisky's bad, they do have a decent amount of talent on offense. They do have real playmakers on defense and it's a Thursday night game. Team on the road has a tendency to run out of steam in the second half. I think those things Mm -hmm. all kind of came together and you saw the Patriots really have to just hang on for that 21 to 18 win and I, I think the way the offense played in the first half, though, especially that final touchdown throw from Zappy to, to Henry, was just—it was finally fitzy. We had some fun offense to watch.
0: I. I- uh, for just a few moments, we ever—I'm sure people were checking their sets, like that oh, is this streaming on Amazon. Is this <laughs> a, is this the right channel? What are we watching here? And then, are these like who is stole this the, the alternate universe
1: broadcast? <laughs> exactly
0: <like what's> <laughs> right. On? I mean, I know this is a Spanish language broadcast, and they do a lot of different things. Uh, not the Nickelodeon special... stream either. It's not for kids. No, I—you I, had to wonder just for a second, like what the hell am I watching? I've not—I se- literally haven't seen this all year. Twenty-one points and a half, by far the most they've put up in a half, and that last throw to hunter henry was at two great touchdown catches by henry but that last one you can't throw a better ball can't make a better catch it was spectacular and yet instead of spending the spending the game show and tomorrow and over the weekend focusing on that you got who we'll hear from later our beat he gets to return to being our beat writer tonight not our beat down writer mike Catholic from com he tweets out after the game me to caleb williams and it's a uh it's a gif of Woody from Toy Story saying, So long, partner. Here's another one. Social media is so fickle. This Pat's Nation is in such an emotional pretzel right now, John. I completely understand. At Hate and ask Brian, Brian Phillips, who some love, some don't, but he always cracks me up. You let Mac, he's speaking to Pittsburgh in this tweet. You let Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi come into your house in back to back seasons and beat you. How about that? Oh, um, uh, The big play
1: last year, too, was the Mac Jones to Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar. I think it was a 44-yard touchdown. I mean, that was the Matt Patricia offense, their first win of the year, first encouraging signs. And another thing, Fitzy, tonight, according to Adam Jones from WEI on Twitter, this is the first time Hunter Henry's had two touchdowns in a game since 2021.
0: Since his first year with the Patriots. Well, it's about damn time. Maybe they should throw more passes in the red zone or around the six-point house to the tallest guy who's got good hands. And looked flat out elite tonight. I'll, I'll say it. Hunter Henry looked like an elite weapon. It also it kind of reminds you though, John. You know, a lot of people are want to share highlights of Gronk from whether it's twenty ten when he had the three touchdowns on Sunday Night Football, or twenty seventeen in that epic game that ended with the bouncing ball yeah. in the end zone and Daron Harmon coming down with the pick in the last couple seconds. You know, the good old days where Gronk would absolutely just dominate and own the Steelers. You kind of got shades of that a little bit again tonight in the first half as well as Hunter Henry just ran shot all over the Steelers, picking up those two touchdowns. Let me share this quick stat with you from uh, Warren Sharp at Sharp Football on the uh, platform formerly known as Twitter. How about this? The Pittsburgh Steelers are the first over 500 team in NFL history, as we've had so many uh, reverse superlatives this year for the Patriots, John. Steelers, first over 500 team in NFL history to lose consecutive games both to teams at least eight games under five hundred. Holy smokes.
1: Yeah, not a good look for Pittsburgh at all. Not, not a good look. And I was telling, like, our producer Joe Braverman and I were watching this game here at the studio, and we were talking about how, you know, the Patriots were still kind of moving the ball against the Steelers, and I'm like, it feels like for the last 25 years, the Steelers have essentially run almost the same defense. The Patriots have run similar plays against it with similar success almost every single time they play. And there's tweaks here and there, but it feels like it always happens. And it's just and that's the thing. People talk about the Steelers and their consistency. And and I respect that, right? They they're pretty good every single year. They're a playoff caliber team mm-hmm. every single year. But I think the the unfortunate part of that is maybe they don't adapt enough on defense. Like they have TJ Watt, they have Alex Highsmith, they have Mika Fitzpatrick, these great players, but it feels like year after year after year they're kind of getting beat by mm-hmm. similar things like the Patriots are running the same thing or not exactly, but similar things year in and year out and beating them. And other teams will run the same things like year in and year out. So that's something that you know, if I'm a Steelers fan after this game, that that's a question I have. like why does this team, who right now is 2 and 10 come into our house and beat us again? and throw to the tight end again for big gains, throw to the slot receiver for big gains, throw to the back out of the backfield for a touchdown, even though it's Zeke Elliott who is now, you know, I think has played really well for the Patriots, but he's not the explosive Zeke Elliott of four or five years ago. No, but he runs hard. He runs hard, though. And defensively, I mean, the Patriots only allowed 36 yards in the first quarter, and they basically put the clamps down the entire game outside of one touchdown drive late in the first half. So I, uh, if I was a Steelers fan, I would be pretty
0: frustrated. If I was a Steelers fan right now, I would be furious. All of the promise that they showed at the end of last year, all of. Uh, yeah. OK, here you go. You just go to Instagram. and You just see, like, the Patriots just posted about 15 minutes ago that one of those little moving video screens, final score, Pats 21, Steelers 18. And they tagged it primetime dub and all the comments. I don't know how to feel. LOL. Uh, you got, <laughs> it's lose out the rest of the way, please. How about that? A win is a win. Okay. I'll take it. Don't worry, guys. Still plenty of games left to lose. Like, yeah. Another, Oh, one. it's Why just as crazy win? on yeah, the text. And, 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 and line listen, as well. before
1: everyone gets concerned, like is they're going to play the chiefs, they're going to play the Broncos defense on the road. They're going to play the Bills, so that they will do their share of losing most likely the rest of the way. So before everyone gets concerned, you look at the schedule ahead.
0: Not very easy. Yep. And, uh, of course our pal, Adam Jones, who I will share the microphone with tomorrow, as part of America's Broadcast, coming to you from the Harp. That's going to be a pretty cool event, by the way. It's going to be great, and I'll tell you, so is Saturday's game as well. I'm glad the weather's going to hold up uh, for Saturday, and then the lousy weather comes to town on Sunday. No football game, obviously, at Gillette. Army-Navy is going to be spectacular. I thought they had had to call the Army and the Navy in to clean up the mess at Gillette. Turns out they're actually just coming in now to celebrate one of the truly great games in all of American sports, let alone college football as well. And if anyone has a chance to take it in, it is something else. We would normally go to break now, but we are waiting on Bill Belichick to come to the podium. We'll try to extend a couple minutes here, John. We'll do a little Foxborough filibuster and see if we get the coach or the QB. Uh, Adam Jones, anyway, as I, as I mentioned, we're doing America's broadcast tomorrow uh, at Jones WEI. Tonight was a referendum on two things. Mac Jones and the idiots who defended him. Now, I don't want to kick a good man when he's down. And obviously, well, I don't know Mac Jones personally, but, you know, seems like a decent fella. Uh, a little odd at times, but that's all right. He tries hard. He, he's also hard on himself. You could see that. That can kind of the, describe
1: us. So that's, yeah, you know. Exactly. exactly.
0: He yeah. prowled the side. He was prowling the sidelines with his head down most of the night, his hands in his pockets on what was a slightly warmer than expected night in Yensburg. Um, You know, I mean, Bailey Zappi looked, like we said, Bailey Zappi looked better tonight in the first half, I think, than any Pats quarterback had looked in approximately two years. Save for maybe the first half last year, John, on the Thanksgiving night affair in Minnesota. Yeah.
1: yeah, uh, Sorry to cut you off. I'm just trying to think out loud here. It's like. Maybe the second quarter in week one against Philly, where Mac led two touchdown drives. Pulled. Him yeah, he had like 16. twelve
0: or fourteen in a row that he yeah. completed. Yeah,
1: and then I would say like the first half of the Baltimore game and week three last year. Of course, the second half Mac threw three picks, but like I, I think I would argue that Zappy in the first half tonight looked better. Than when he started last year, because like that Detroit game last year, that defense was god awful. You got a Kyle Duggar touchdown in that game, and then the Cleveland game, like you scored thirty eight points, but that was another bad defense. And Ramondre Stevenson, I think, had like a thirty five or thirty eight yard rushing touchdown in that game too. So don't get me; wrong. he was good in that game, but I think the first half tonight, I would even maybe I'd have to really go back and look, but I, I would consider arguing that he looked better in the first half tonight than in those two games started. He just in the second half. I think we saw some a little bit of fall off.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, that's that's sort of one of those things. Like, if you had your foot on the gas and you knew you had Pittsburgh against the ropes, where was the finishing move? Where was where was the urge to kill? Where was the step on the neck? Where was the, uh, you know, the, the want to salt the earth and, like, really drive the stake in? Like, did they think, like, did they approach, I'll ask you this, John, do you think the Patriots approached the second half of this game what do we go in? We went in 21 to 10 at the half. Correct. Yeah, that's right. Yes. It, w- it was over in the second quarter, which, uh, uh, again, if anyone listens to the Six Rings and Football Things podcast sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook, I keep telling you people, honestly, the smartest people in the world would hashtag fade Fitzy because I gave out Steelers on the money line and a same-game parlay, John, of Steelers and Patriots first drives to both end in punts at plus 150. If you just bet against me on both, you would have won. You would have cleaned up tonight tonight. Paid for your holidays. You're welcome. I keep telling you, just go against me. The people won't listen to me, but I can only provide so much sound advice, John. Um, still, where was the urge to like come out in the second half and play as aggressively as they had? They attacked the middle of the field on the, uh, the Steelers linebackers. They were quick, quick to the flat as well. All the stuff over the middle to Juju was working. On that, um, I think the pick, though, was I think Zappi waited too long to throw it to Juju. Juju was open quickly. Uh, and Elandon Roberts, who tipped the ball, old pal Elandon Roberts, now the leading tackler for the Steelers' defense, I think Elandon Roberts closed on it because Zappi surveyed the field and then waited a, a, like an extra second too long to go to Juju. Had he just taken him as soon as Juju popped open over the middle as opposed to in the left flat, then maybe he would have completed that pass. It gets tipped, it goes up. And that, of course, leads to a touchdown for Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I just if you're going to win, win so big that all of a, that all of our jaws are on the floor. Don't you know, don't show me something I hadn't seen followed by, uh, I guess, something that we had seen again, which was special teams mistakes, yep. making some miscues, finding ways to be your own worst enemy.
1: Yeah, and look, as far as the second-half play calling goes, I I would have liked to have seen a little bit more aggressiveness, but I the offensive line, we started to see some early signs of trouble early in that third quarter. You had Connor yeah. McDermott gets called for a holding penalty. Next play is a sack on third down. And then the zappy interception, which... I thought was not a great decision. By you. I mean, you illustrated pretty well. He looked like he had Hunter Henry breaking had open him. behind him as well. So um, I think at that point it's like, okay, we've had some offensive line troubles. Now we have an interception, which, by the way, great play by Zeke Elliott to hustle and make that tackle. Probably saved a touchdown. But maybe they looked at it after that as, okay, hey, we're just going to try to get out of here with a win. Mitch Trubisky will screw it up, which he eventually did. So maybe that's yep. kind of what they were thinking.
0: That's quintessential Bill Belichick coaching football right there. Like, we believe Mitch Trubisky will make the ultimate mistake. We believe he will not be able to complete the biggest pass when necessary. And guess what? He did. And that's exactly what the Patriots got. Once again, the final from Akrasher Field at Three Rivers. I still call it Hines. The big ketchup
1: bottle, Fitzy. The,
0: that's right. The big ketchup bottle in Pittsburgh. Three Rivers, Joe Braveman. 21-18, your New England Patriots get their third win on the season. They move to 3-10 and 10 on the season with four games remaining. Right now, the birthday boy, he of the two tutty catches, two touchdowns tonight for Hunter Henry, big number 85. He's at the podium. So what we'll do is we'll catch a break, and we'll come back in just a few minutes, and we'll speak to or rather we'll hear from Bailey Zappi and Bill Belichick as well, and, of course, you guys. The Foxborough faithful, how are you guys feeling tonight? Are you happy about the win? Do you feel a little weird about it? It's an odd space for all of us, but like I say in all the promotionals that run all week long on WEI, whether we celebrate or commiserate, we do it together. It's Fitzy and Lions here with Braverman on the Six Rings Post game Show on WEI. Don't you go anywhere. Go Pats. All right. New England Patriots starting quarterback tonight, last Sunday, and likely for the remainder of the season so long as good health is on his side, Bailey Zappi, who was very happy on the set of Amazon Prime after the game as well as at the podium just moments ago, as you heard here, live on the Six Rings postgame show with Fitzy and Lyons on WEEI. Uh, John, I got to say, like, all of our feelings about what could or should have been how Mac Jones has done, how we may sympathize with or for some who just, you know, have a little a little more grit or gristle in their heart, I should say, the ones that are just happy Mac is gone or Mac's out of the equation in the picture for now. Bailey Zappi is a really, really easy guy to like. And again, on a night where as he was speaking and I was sifting through social media and reading comments and checking out people's reactions to the game, you know, uh, Reading tweets like "Let's be honest," the referees cost the Patriots a chance to win tonight by losing. Okay, you know there are you know there's some decent wit being banded about, but I got to tell you, like if you can't feel good for this kid, if you can't be happy for him, and just put aside your want for the Patriots to go in the tank and try to get the top pick for whoever they would want to choose, then boy, oh boy, we, then you you obviously. Some, something happened to you over those 20 years when the Patriots did so much winning that you're just incapable of having anything except elite feelings going forward because I am I hear that, and I'm just thrilled for Zappi.
1: Yeah, and look, we talked last segment about how that 24-yard touchdown pass to Hunter Henry was the best throw Patriots quarterback has made all year and, and maybe mm-hmm. in the last two years, and I think that's a big part of it. Like This offense is limited. We all know that. It's not going to break any records. It's not going to be even a top-half offense in the league at its peak but at least when Zappy has been in there, it has looked like it's reasonable, like operating on a reasonable plane, right? It's flowing. Things they're moving the ball down the field. They're actually scoring touchdowns. And I think biggest of all, because is they're not committing catastrophic mistakes. Like that was the biggest issue for me with Mac Jones earlier in the season, and even going back to last yep. year, but especially this year. It wasn't just oh he misses a read or oh he makes a bad throw. It's oh, it's a pick six, or it's a safety to end the game against the Raiders when he has people open, or it's, you know, throwing across the field for the second time in three pl- plays against Dallas, and it's a pick six for Deron Bland, and the game's totally out of hand. Like, it wasn't just, oh, he's making some mistakes. Like, even tonight, Zappi's big mistake, which was that interception that Landon Roberts tipped, mm-hmm. yes, it was bad but it didn't result in a pick six. The Patriots were able to survive it, and he threw for three touchdowns on the other side of the ledger, too. So I think, Fitzy, to me, that's a big part of it. Like, if he was out there throwing pick sixes and making uh-huh. catastrophic mistakes, I think we would be on here just as frustrated because you go back to Mac's rookie year when he wasn't doing that, a lot of people were very happy with Mac Jones. But once he starts making those catastrophic mistakes, and Zappy doesn't, I mean, that's a clear differentiator. You know, one guy's throwing pick sixes, and the other guy is doing, you know, maybe just enough to get the offense moving down the field.
0: Yeah. uh, You have to think now, obviously, Zappi will be the starter. What's that? Go Pats. (laughs) I even love the Go Pats. That snuck that one by me. Nice job, Braverman. Snuck that one right by me. Yeah, he comes. I mean, he gives you a little Go go Pats. That's like a little, uh, that's like a Go Birds, like Dangerous Wilson used to do when he got off the, uh, or Go Hawks, rather, not Go Birds. Go Hawks go Birds is for the Eagles yuck sorry about that I'll eat horse poop later and rinse my mouth out uh the you know he gives the go pats off the stage like you know he's gonna start the rest of the season but okay now it's time to instead. let's not go let's not get jump in the time machine let's not play you know hindsight is 2020. um let's just think looking forward even beyond the remainder of this season like Did Bailey Zappi show you enough tonight? You know, Pittsburgh's defense is good. They're not world beaters. This is not the steel curtain of, you know, your father's football watching days. But did Bailey Zappi play well enough tonight, John, to make you think like, all right, so maybe, maybe you're the backup next year. Maybe you're the guy, not Mac Jones, who can be the bridge starter if and when the Patriots do actually draft somebody or sign somebody. Hopefully it's a draft draft situation. Can Bailey Zappi be the guy to hold things down for a while or at least compete for the job while the Patriots try to figure out exactly what their reconfiguration or rebuild looks like?
1: Yeah, look, I think this time next year or even six months from now, they're going to have at least one, if not two, new quarterbacks in the quarterback room, both probably capable of winning the starting job. Now, could Zappi be the third guy in that room also capable of competing for the job? I think so, and I also think they wanted him to compete for the starting job this August, and he was just so bad in training camp that there, it didn't end up being a competition, and they cut him. He looks a lot better now, and that was a pretty good Steelers defense, but also, let's let's be fair, he looks good for one half, right, uh, of uh-huh. against a good defense, so I want to see how he does the rest of this season. And then could he be a quality backup long-term? Like, let's say they get Drake May or Caleb Williams with the second overall pick. Could Zappy be that guy's backup? Yeah, I think he potentially could. Much higher chance than Mac Jones. Like, I don't think Mac Jones is on this roster next year, even as a backup no. or a third string. I think things have gone just so south there that he's going to want out of here. They're going to be all set with him. Zappy's the guy because... A, he's a year younger than Mac Jones, but B, he spent most of his career as a backup. I think you could kind of maybe fit him into that role if you get a Drake May, you get a Caleb Williams, or maybe, you know, let's say you take. Marvin Harrison Jr. top three, and then you trade back into the later half of the first round and take a Jaden Daniels or a J.J. McCarthy, mm-hmm. maybe guys that you're like, hey, I'd like to develop them, You know, especially like Jaden Daniels, let him add some muscle on that frame, yep. then maybe you want Zappi for half a year starting until that next guy is right. Like I could much more see him in that role uh-huh. than I could Mac Jones. Like I don't see Mac Jones in that role at all, whereas Zappy, I from what we've seen last year and this year, I, I could see him in that role.
0: He's comfortable, he's confident, he's willing to compete. It seems, you know, Mac Jones, whether it's an attitude issue of his own or what's happened to him over these three years or the fact that he just hasn't been able to handle the adversity that the pros, Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels, the lack of weapons, whomever, whatever has actually thrown thrown his way. Uh, and just as an update, everybody, Dietrich Wise is at the podium right now. Uh, Hunter Henry has previously spoken, so to David Andrews. We just heard from Bailey Zappi. We will hear from Bill Belichick when he takes to the podium in moments. I could see Bailey Zappi, who says he has the confidence to get out there. You know, he said, and we'll get this audio for you later, when he was on the Amazon Prime set after the game tonight, John. He said he knew if he came back here, as opposed to taking offers from other teams when the Pats released him at the end of the preseason, that he could get back after this. Now, whether that's a belief in himself or uh, if he thought like, hey, I've seen Mac Jones. I don't think this guy really is anything special, folks. Whatever he's got, it's the right mix of something to want to keep around, to work with, inspire the other guys, or just play well enough when you go up against a team that's pretty mid, like the Steelers, and played very subpar in the first half. That's good enough for the time being. So, yeah, I'm happy for him. I'm very happy for the team as well. Uh, and By the way, just a quick note uh, from our pal Dakota Randall at Nesson, who was kind enough to join us this week on the Six Rings and Football Things podcast as he sat down and chatted with our Mike Cadlick on all things Foxborough and football. Uh, just from uh, 30 minutes ago, quote, the all yeah is indeed back. Just heard it from the Patriots locker room as we were waiting for the pressers to start. So there you go, Mike, not a, or rather, uh, John, the all yeah is back. It's not going to be one, two, three family. We actually get the all yeah back. So you love to hear that. Um, let's see if we can grab a quick call. Welcome in the Foxborough faithful, John, to the program before we hear from Coach Belichick. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is your number. Let's go to Taunton with our first call. Mike is in Taunton. Welcome after midnight to Six Rings postgame. Hey guys. First time, long time caller. Thank you for having me on. I, I do. just wanted to know what
1: you guys felt
0: on in regards to the rest of the year. You know, seeing this type of game, it's there's a lot of emotions that are tied to things that are happening. I just want to know what you guys' thoughts are on the rest of the season, how the Patriots approach the rest of the season, and overall, you know, your feeling on the off season with a situation where Zappi performs on a night that nobody
1: expected him to. Thank you. I'll hang up and listen.
0: Well, we appreciate you uh, get home safe. Have a great rest of your night and a good morning, since it technically is at this point. And uh, thanks for calling in for the first time to the postgame show. John? Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, look, I, as I said earlier, they're still going to have a few opportunities to lose games here. And I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but they are going to play the Chiefs, like one of the best teams in the AFC, despite their offensive struggles this year. Yeah, hey,
0: by the way, Goodell and Vincent, how do you guys feel now about flexing out of Zappi versus Mahomes?
1: <laughs> yeah, Zappi versus Swift. Probably that, that's what it was, you know. But then they're going to go to Denver, which is a historically, <laughs> Shut up, tough, <laughs> historically tough place for them to play You know, against a defense that is resurgent. The Bills are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. And who knows, the Jets might have Aaron Rodgers back by that final game of the season. So, look, it, the way I want them to approach the rest of the season is the exact same way that they've been approaching the last several weeks. And that's it. They go out there and try to win. Chances are, at best, they're going to probably go, you know, maybe win one, maximum two of these games left. So they'll probably still end up with a top 10 pick. But I also want them to – and I think they they did a good job of this the last couple weeks – as many guys on their rookie contracts as possible – I would like to see try to get some development. Now, I know DeMario Douglas and Kayshawn Booty are injured, so there's only so much you can do there. But keep City So in there at right guard. Keep developing him. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep Give Keon White a bunch of snaps. I thought he played really well tonight. Like, keep giving – whenever you can give some of those younger guys snaps, give them snaps – obviously within reason, but give them snaps. Try to develop them so then they go into next year – with some more meaningful snaps under their belt because, you know, this time next year, you might not have Josh Uche. Keon White could be your other starting edge defender opposite Matt Judon, or or him and Anthony Jennings could be in a rotation. So uh, as much as you can get those guys playing more and more, I would like to see like city. So he's been inconsistent this year. I think he's gotten better at times. He could be your starting right guard next year. Like I want to see him get more and more experience as we go forward. So obviously, look, I'm not a tanking guy, but mm-hmm. if you have an opportunity, like, keep playing Bailey's happy because if he can be a good backup quarterback next year or compete for the starting job in training camp, the more experience he gets down the stretch, especially against a good Chiefs defense, a good Broncos defense, you know, a decent Bills defense and good Jets defense, the better. So that's where I'm at on the rest of the season.
0: Did this game tonight just make me think there's a chance the Pats can go 2-2 two and two the rest of the way or even – three and one somehow and yeah, suddenly... Fitzy. they're gonna win out make the playoffs at seven and ten. No, the path please uh, you've checked out the same infographic I have yeah I, which have. Requi- I, 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 have. I, I have which requires so much losing by so many other teams that are playoff adjacent or currently actually sitting in a wild card spot for the Patriots to make it at seven and ten I uh, name your challenge audience and I will gladly partake in it uh you know I'll do a hot chip in the north mouth or the south mouth. I don't care. I'll do whatever you guys want me to do if the Patriots make the playoffs because it ain't happening. However, uh, what if they do win two more games the rest of the way? What if they give the Chiefs – what if somehow Belichick is able to contain a Chiefs offense that isn't exactly firing on all cylinders this season that's got a couple issues of their own? I know those are problems we would love to have in Pat's nation. And next thing you know, they go a mile high and they stick it – they stick it to dangerous, and they make that one a good game. Peyton versus Belichick. All of a sudden, now it's like, wait a second, are these guys really five and ten? Are they four and eleven? But they had a chance to. Wait, now you start talking yourself into, damn it, they could have won three or four more of those games, like the Eagles or like the Dolphins the second week. How about and, the last three weeks, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, but the yeah. three games where they gave where they scored a combined thirteen points. points, yeah, and they gave and they gave up thirty. They gave up 26 26 total total points. points. Yeah. Yeah. My God. How about those games, too? Next thing you know, maybe they do beat the Broncos. But the only
1: thing on that, Fitzy, and and I think this is an important point, let's say they win two or three more games and they finish with five or six wins. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to lull them and us into a false sense of security like,
0: oh, we'll add a couple
1: more players and we'll be better next year. I still think there are significant, like they need significant upgrades at wide receiver. They're probably going to need, Hunter Henry had a great game tonight. They need more at tight end overall. They're probably going to need a good offensive tackle in the draft. Like they have some legitimate things. They have a question mark. At quarterback like maybe even some of the offensive assistant coaches so that's the only thing like if they finish the year and they win you know two or three more games and we're like oh hey you know they won four out of their last seven games once zappy took a whatever you know we want to say in in february i don't want that to all of a sudden be like oh hey you know we'll, we'll be okay because we'll, we'll win those close games next year like no no you won't uh, unless you you make those upgrades that we all know they need to make
0: yeah, they don't even have any tackles signed to the roster next year. Like they literally don't have any. I believe real that's tack- not ideal. Yeah, that that is what we call not great, Bob. And the wide receiver issue is an issue for that reason alone. And they don't have any tight ends on the roster next year, as well. Like there's massive work that needs to be done. Do not let any possible win tonight delude you into thinking they're making the playoffs. Do not let any let any series of wins they may uh, accrue over the rest of the way because maybe they rediscovered a little confidence. A lot of this does have to do with the Steelers not being ready. Fluky things happen on Thursdays, and Mitch Trubisky is just plain terrible as well. But hats off to the Pats, who found a way after being in that death spiral over the last four games where they scored only 30 points and where they only gave up freaking 26 over the previous couple of games combined. Uh that they found a way to win, and that's all you can ask in the NFL. 617-779-7937 is your number. We're waiting for Bill Belichick to take to the podium. In the interim, let's go out to the Cape. Let's talk to Shane, who's on the Silly Sandbar. Hi, Shane. Welcome to the postgame. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, good to good to uh, connect with you guys once again. Um, I think uh, at the end of the day, like we're, we're giving Zappi and the offense all the credit, but this defense, Jabril Peppers and these guys, they have been playing, playing their hearts out, you know, for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, oh, yeah. I, I really think they deserve credit. Do they give up 18 points tonight? Sure. But, but that's still, you know, not, they aren't giving up 25. They aren't giving up 30. They're giving up 18. It's in the teens. So, you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, those guys deserve credit, you know, Steve Belichick, you know, Gerard Mayo, who should be the, the new coach next year deserve credit. So, um, you know, just thoughts on the defense performance tonight and, and in the future for those guys. Um, thanks. I'll uh, I'll hang up and listen. And once again, great show. Thank you very
1: yeah, much. I, I, he's, that, a, he's so right, though, about the defense. and I know we talked about nope, this. John,
0: we have uh, Bill Belichick. Okay, at the we're we're going to we'll get to right. Shane in a minute. All right, thanks. That was Patriots coach Bill Belichick at the podium following tonight's unexpected 21-18 to victory by his Patriots over the Steelers in Pittsburgh at Accra Stadium at Three Rivers. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the, I don't know, it could be late, you know, long week on a short week, John. Um, the frustrations of the season have ebbed away so much at him and some of the other guys that he wasn't able to express a little more joy. I wouldn't say that that was ho-hum Belichick, but that wasn't uh, maybe as, as bright a Belichick as I was expecting after the win.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe it was a little it's bit a exhausted, Belichick, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, been a long, long season, long week. Uh, Fitzy, though, want to kind of go back. Uh, we had a caller right before Belichick's press conference. It yep. mentioned the defense, and specifically mm-hmm. Jabril Peppers. And, look, I, I think Peppers is a guy, like, when we look at this team, and who are you going to build around? Who are you going to rebuild around? Like, Mike Onwenu on offense is a guy that stands out, Stevenson. But Peppers and Duggar are two guys that I think you really want to keep around and build around long-term.
0: Yeah, let's definitely get to that a little bit later. Yep. We've got some time as we are with you until 1.55 a.m. tonight here on the Six Rings Postgame Show. We've got calls to take. We've got calls to react to. We've got plenty of audio to share with you. We've got some draft to talk. I would love to get into the weeds on who are the guys you would love to see the Patriots re-sign, who are the guys that are the heroes, who are the keepers? Who are the, the pillars to build around as you execute a turnaround and a build? And if the Patriots do play with the kind of energy, effort, and attitude, as Andy Hart always likes to say, that they displayed in the first half, John, and they can maybe sneak out two more wins, does that change the opinion and the decision-making of any of the executives, ownership, Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, as we've tended to think that they may be wanting to move on from Bill Belichick and make sweeping changes? You know, a couple wins. Obviously, they say winning cures all, and winning is a, a great balm and salve for things that are going wrong. I'd be very curious. This was a not entirely a C and a tone changer, but things definitely could get shaken up after this one tonight. So we'll get to all of that, plus your calls, like I said, here on the Six Rings Postgame Show, 617 617- 779 7937 is your number. It's Fitzy, it's Lions, it's Braverman, it's you. Well, into the wee hours after the Pats win in Pittsburgh on Six Rings here on WEEI.